Before we get into today's episode, if you're listening to this podcast and you don't know by now, we're here to tell you that hockey has returned to ESPN. The NHL season has started back up, and that means you can stream your team's games on ESPN+. Plus, From the Stanley Cup champion Tampa Bay Lightning to the brand new Seattle Kraken. Subscribe to ESPN+, Plus so you don't miss a goal. Another ESPN podcast we want you to check out is the First Draft Podcast with ESPN experts Mel Kuyper Jr., Todd McShay, and Field Yates. These guys are keeping tabs on the latest in the NFL draft, and the show is now twice a week every Monday and Thursday. Also, check out Monday's show on YouTube as well. In the Crease, the ESPN NHL podcast with Linda Cohn and Emily Kaplan. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another edition of In the Crease. Linda Cohn, Emily Kaplan. Uh, before we get to some of the good stuff, let's start with some of the head-shaking stuff, and that's what's going on in our world, of course. And, Emily, you've been all over this because, you know, sadly, the National Hockey League, uh, of all the major professional sports, uh, it it's hits close to home more than those others because of the Russian and Ukraine population in the National Hockey League. Yeah, if you want to talk about someone it comes really close to home for, Dmitry Kristich. He was a longtime player in the NHL, played 13 years. He's Ukrainian, has been living in Ukraine. And I just spoke to him on the phone, Linda, like right before we got on. Um, he's there and he vows to fight for his country. His wife works at an ambulance and just talking to him on the phone, you could just hear how exasperated he was. Um, So it's just, it's a really complicated situation. It's a scary situation. I don't think as of now, NHL players in the league are at risk of having their contracts being voided. That said, I do worry about the next generation. We've already seen the CHL and USHL talk about potentially banning Russian players for next year. And Milstein was telling me some of the guys in his draft class um, you know, our projected first rounders, we're going to get drafted. And GMs are already saying, look, I don't know if this kid's going to be able to come over when he's going to be able to come over because of visa. And I also have to worry about public opinion if I draft a Russian kid right now. Five minute major. Emily and I are really excited about this new segment of our In the Crease podcast. We like to call it five minute major and there's no perfect guy to lead off to be on the opening face-off of Five Minute Major than our good friend and fabulous colleague, John Butchergrass. Butchie, welcome to the podcast. What an honor to be the very first. Uh, most of my penalties were a major, so I was kind of a dirty athlete, so this is perfect. Honestly, there's a reason we chose you first, Butchie, and it's not because you're first in our heart. It's just that you fit the Five Minute Major more perfectly than anyone else on our staff. A little chippy, a little chippy. <laughs> well, we're, we're already eating into our time here. So we asked you to do a homework assignment ahead of time. We want to ask you, I feel like you're good at lists and ranking things. The top five players that are under 23 right now that you would build your team around. And the caveat for our listeners, Igor Shesterkin, if you're looking at some goalies that are like standing under his head, he's 26. This is a much harder exercise than you think. So, Booch, what'd you come up with? Yeah, it's kind of, you know, look, it looks to me like kind of the last three drafts-ish. So I did it. I constructed my own team. Center, nice. wingers, and two defensemen. Yeah. So we're going Jack Hughes. I bought a lot of Jack Hughes stock in the preseason when people were thinking, eight years at that number for him? I don't know. I'm all in on Jack Hughes. Lucas Raymond, I'm in love with his brain and his hands. And to put him with someone like Jack Hughes, to me, is just 
you know, we, we see the NHL working guys in pairs is the key. The third guy, not as important, but you want two pairs. And then from there, and those, their brains together, I want to see it. And then you put in Svechnikov as the big goal, who has really arrived as a point-per-game player, using his body, obviously huge finish, but can also make a play, can complement the brains of Hughes and Raymond. On the back end, I'm going Jack's brother, Luke. He is so dynamic as a left-handed shooting, uh, Charlie McAvoy, Kale McCarr, rusher of the puck who will create magic. And then Mo Sider as a right-handed shot, shut down guy, got long reach, can play the point on the power play, solid guy beyond his years. Those five right there, I just feel like they complement each other so well. And those are my five guys right now under 23 that I can't wait to watch for the next 10 years. Yeah, that's a great list. You got two Red Wings there, of course. What a duo those two guys are. And what I love about uh, Moritz Sider, he just does so many things. Like he's so gifted and what he can do. And I can't believe he's so young. Who were some of the guys on the outside looking in for you? Because, you know, when I started thinking about it, Butchie, you know, isn't like Jordan Cairo, he's got to be right there. Isn't he under 23? I don't think so, but you know, it's close. He's he, okay. He's Cause close. he would be he's tough right, to real. leave off the uh-oh, list. Uh Oh, we've got till May 8th. Don't worry. The reporter fact checker is on the case. See? Nice. Nice job. Oh, right. Thank, thank you. That's who I would put in there. I'm surprised, but he's like, he's my guy, but who else would you, you figure on the outside looking in on your list? Yeah. Well, you know, go back to that 2020 draft. You just wonder, you know, who's going to pop there. Lafreniere, Byfield, Stutzla. I just wonder if Raymond's going to be the best player, uh, you know, from that draft in the end. That's why I kind of, you know, I kind of went towards him uh, in that regard. And, of course, this last draft we have, you know, Power, Beneers. I have Luke Hughes on the squad. Um, but after that, you wonder, is that, is that really going to be a loaded draft as well? So I would certainly look at Owen Power because I figure you put him and Sider together. They both have long reaches. I just don't know how dynamic Owen Power will be offensively. Not that that's the most important thing, but if you have balance for a team, I think he's going to be a really good all-around guy for a, you know for a long, long time. And you know the guys from Hughes's draft, Sider was obviously taken six. We see Zegris. I mean, I just love Trevor Zegris. It's going to be fun. Him and Hughes that be in that same age and Cole Caulfield, those Americans, it's going to be really fun to see them. Uh, I'm really bullish on Zegris as well. It just reminds me of Batsuk, his brain, his hands. It's just, you know, luck, staying healthy, and how much fire these guys have over the long term. All right, we're in the wanting seconds. Our penalty killers are working hard, and they want to make sure they clear the puck. So I'm putting you on the spot, Bucci. We always talk about the young guys. Uh, you don't have to give me five, but give me one guy. Yeah, I'm not going to give an age limit. A quote-unquote old guy. If you're starting today, you're like, I'm still going to have him as a centerpiece of my team. I mean, really, it, it really is Sid. He's still the perfect player. He's been his last month and a half. He's, uh, you know, he's got more points than McDavid. He plays a 200-foot game. Uh, he carries the whole organization in so many ways. And he does it with such effortlessness. Like, there's not a stress level to him, or it doesn't seem to affect him. He's just a rock. He's just Every year, he, his, his career resume gets more impressive to me. All right. We've run you. You've served your five minutes and then some. Thanks for doing extra. As a chippy player, you know what? You deserve to spend a couple extra minutes in the box. But... <laughs> Booch, you're the best. I'm always carbo-loaded. You know that. Capitals, Hurricanes, ESPN+. Plus. God bless America. Okay, very cool. Butchie leading us off with the five-minute major. It's always good. You know, he always has a, his ear to this, 
the ice when it comes to young players because of his great work uh, in the college game. He follows these guys when they're young all the way into the NHL. So we felt Butchie was perfect to tell us how these guys are maturing, developing, and how he has his eyes on these young players in the NHL. Emily, you have your eye on some players as we get closer and closer to the March 21st NHL trade deadline. What do you have? What do I do? Okay, so last podcast we talked about Zdeno Chara, and I didn't really have much information. So, Linda, do you know what I do? I go out and get information for you. That's your job. It's my job. Here's where it is now. Zdeno Chara feels like he signed a one-year deal with the New York Islanders, and that's a commitment, and he wants to see it through. He doesn't have this itch that's like, I must go play for a contender. The season didn't go the way I want. I've got to get out. That said, people might come to Lou Lamarillo and be like, hey, here's this physical player with all of this experience in the Stanley Cup playoffs, can we have him? If that happens, Lou Lamarillo has enough respect for Zidane Chara that he'll approach Z, they'll talk it out, and then they'll figure out if that makes sense for Z's family. Because remember, his family is still, um, his wife and his kids are in Boston. There are family considerations for him. Opposite end of the spectrum, Linda, Mark Giordano, basically went into Seattle, a little shell-shocked from what happened with Calgary, but wanted to have an open mind. And it's like, look, I'm the captain. Maybe there's a long-term fit didn't work out for him there. It didn't work no. out for most players there. Um, you know, there's a lot of guys that I'm hearing just aren't happy this season and, and just don't really know where it all went wrong, but they're kind of slogging through it right now. He met with the GM, Ron Francis, and they decided that it is best for both sides if they could recoup some value for him. And if Mark Giordano can go play and try to get a Stanley Cup. What's interesting to me, Linda, is that Giordano technically has a 10 team to trade uh, clause. He didn't even bother handing it in. He's like, whatever teams that's going to trade for me, they're probably going to win. And I've been told that the teams that have shown the most interest so far are the New York Rangers, Toronto Maple Leafs, Florida Panthers, St. Louis Blues, and Carolina Hurricanes. But Linda, can you imagine a situation where Ron Francis helps out his former team, the Carolina Hurricanes, to make them better? I don't. I don't either. And I'm not surprised on that list is the Florida Panthers. I said earlier in some of our podcasts that that's a perfect fit for Mark Giordano, what he can bring. They definitely need added depth to their back line. And uh, the guy brings those intangibles. Uh, you know, he's great on the, he's great. You know, he scores shorthanded. Uh, he does it all. He helps that team win. He makes them believe. And yeah, I'm not surprised. You guys, oh, what went wrong with Seattle? Uh, you know, it starts with a head coach. I always said that to you, others, not a big fan. He's a great guy. Dave Listen Hackstall, to, here. Listen to the early good. episodes. That's Linda, right. I think I said in episode one, I mean, it was just, this was the worst pick that Ron Francis could have made. Uh, and it's coming back to bite him and a lot of players unhappy. And I've covered multiple cracking games, been between the benches. It's not like they're not trying. They give it their all. They're just so frustrated. You know, the Yanni Gourds of the world, you know, slamming his stick, kicking the boards. I just, it's not because he's a baby. It's because he's used to winning. They want to win and they play hard. But I don't credit Hackstall for that because they can't put the puck in the net. You know, it's just they find ways to lose instead of finding ways to win. I mean, look at the great coaches around the league, the, you know, the guys that bring out the best of your players. Hackstall does the opposite. So uh, if Ron Francis wants to get rid of Giordano and a couple others, which I'm sure he will, he better think uh, long and hard about uh, replacing his head coach moving forward and admit he made a mistake. All right, Linda, I'm going to end you with this because the goalie market, there's a lot of teams that need goalies and probably not enough goalies available. Um, Marc-Andre Fleury, the latest I was told is that He's not so sure that he wants to be traded. Um, you know, he, he's only going to say yes to someone that he feels like has a legitimate chance. He's not uprooting his family again. So that's going to be something that takes him away. Um, 
he hasn't had a long off season in a while. He wants to play next year, but I think there's something to him that says, you know, maybe it's not the worst thing in the world to kind of ride it out in Chicago at the end of the year, get a long off season, get right. And then sign where I want to next year. Um, Georgiev I've been told is very much in play. Hopi, I believe is in play. Corpusalo used to be kind of the hot name here because he was a penny UFA. He has another right season. And Linda, it's so dire that guys like Martin Jones are viable options for other teams. Yeah. When I tell you yeah. all that, what are you thinking? Yeah. I mean, that is crazy. Braden Holtby's got to be another name out there, right? He hasn't set the world on fire in Dallas, but he's a Stanley cup champion. I still believe in him. I don't know why the Rangers would trade Georgiev. What happens if Shesterkin gets hurt? I mean, you're really going to go all in. What do you have? Keith Kincaid. I mean, I don't even know who's their third guy. They would have to bring a goalie back in. Yeah. It's ridiculous. You can't afford when you go to a two and a half month long postseason and you're a Stanley cup contender, I'm sorry. You, you just don't know what can happen. Uh, I always go back to the year 2014 when the Rangers made that run to the cup final, but Chris Kreider knocked out Carey Price and everything changed. And that's how they, let's face it. I mean, that's how they really got through the Canadians because Carey Price wasn't in goal. So uh, you can't afford having just a, a backup that, you know, is less than stellar or even come close to being a, a number two. So I don't, I, we'll see what happens, but I think there's plenty to choose from for defensemen. You meant, we talked about Mark Giordano, Nick Letty is another guy I think would be great on a contending team, what he can bring to a team, sort of the same stuff that Giordano brings. Uh, so he would be great. And, you know, the other guy that no one talks about anymore, we talked about him, Jacob Chikrin. Oh, what's going on there with that guy? You know, there's got to be ask offers for him. There are. And I still think he's going to be moved. I, I still don't think that he's going to figure into Arizona's long-term plans. I just wonder, like with so many of these guys whose names I've heard kind of bandied about, like a Brock Besser, um, like a Philip Forsberg, if those deals, I mean, those are two very different situations. But The GM, though, Coyle says he wants to sign Forsberg before the trade deadline. See yeah, well, if that becomes I'll get, an, I'll get on Forsberg in a second. Anyway, with all these deals, it always happens over the summer and not before the trade deadline. Yeah. It always happens right before the draft. As it pertains to Forsberg, yeah, when that report came out that they were shopping him, it was like news to Forsberg's agents. They were like, wait, what? We were negotiating with them. Um, right. You know, like, where is this coming from? I think it was more so just Nashville doing their due diligence if we can't sign him. But they're in the playoff race. I think that they keep him around this year. They try to work out a long-term solution. And if it doesn't happen, then they try to trade him before he hits UFA status. So I do feel like the trade deadline, I keep hearing it's going to get busy. I mean, like Bill Zito from the Florida Panthers told me that he was trying to make a deal all year um, for a certain position and he hasn't been able to get it done. And it's just because people have been shy. So I think things are going to ramp up down the stretch, Linda. Is there any trades that you just want to see? Any players that you're like, seal team six, get him out of this city and into a winning situation? Oh, wow. That's a great, great question. Um you know, you on the it's, spot with it. I know it is. It's a great question. You know, it, 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 I, I, I sense that there were a lot of teams because there are so many teams still in it, Emily, still competing for a playoff berth. We have teams, let's just throw out the Vancouver Canucks, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I've always been a JT Miller fan. Okay. The Canucks have a big decision. I mean, they, you know, the odds are not looking great that they'd make it into the postseason. So what do the Canucks do? right, with some of their stars. So JT Miller, do, you know, do you risk, you know, trying to get – his stock couldn't be higher, okay? He's been the most consistent mm-hmm. player on that Canucks team from start to finish. 
when Travis Green was there, obviously, and now with Bruce Boudreau. So that's the question, and that's what I'm most looking forward to seeing, Emily. The teams on the outside looking in, are they going to face reality and become sellers? The Canucks are an interesting team, Linda, because they now have a new management team and they're assessing everyone. And I've heard that, you know, we've heard so many Canucks players' names being bandied about, JT Miller, Brock Besser. And I think it's frustrating for them because they're like, wait, am I getting traded? Where do I stand? What's going on? And they're kind of getting sick of it. So it's kind of the point where, to quote a better term, you got to sit or get off the pot, as people say. Yeah. Uh, and oh, I yes, think they've right. got to make decisions on these guys because I don't think it's fair for them to have their futures hanging this balance. You know, Brock Besser's due for a new contract this summer. If the Canucks don't want to pay him and they don't view him in their long-term plans, well, then move him on his merry way and let him get on with his career. For sure. So it's just going to be interesting what's going to happen the next two weeks if these teams that are on the fringe, how far they fall off, and then who suddenly says, you know what? Let's take some phone calls and let's see who we can get. Like, you know, the Ducks, even though, you know, I'm a big fan of that team, they might be one of those teams in a couple of weeks that kind of fall a little bit further and further away. And then a guy like Ricard Raquel could be available. Um, so that's a situation. Talk about talk, walking into a situation where you've got to make tough choices right away. He's got yeah. to decide on Ricard Raquel, Josh Manson, and Hampus Lindholm all at once can these guys stay or do I recoup some value from oh by the way you're a new GM go assess what you have and figure out if you guys are a playoff team or not so that's what I'm looking most forward to seeing what develops and we still got a few weeks and we still got this podcast to talk about it Em. we sure do so I'm busy this weekend on Thursday as I'm recording this I'm in DC I've got Canes versus Caps on ESPN plus Caps have been brutal at home lately. Um, they, they haven't been playing well there. They haven't been playing well, period. Um, I'm curious to see, you know, we know what this team is capable of when they're clicking on all cylinders. It just feels like a lot of ifs right now, and they're just they're not, they're not figuring it out. Yeah, what are your thoughts? Yeah, they're giving hope to teams like Columbus and Detroit who are just hanging around. Yeah, still a tough road to climb, but the Caps are in that final playoff spot right now. And, you know, it was, uh, it was always a goaltending situation. Vanacek was out. Now he's back. Sam Sonoff couldn't carry the load, and it showed. So we'll see. That'll be interesting. Um, Thursday night, as you mentioned, I will be doing cut-ins during our ESPN game. Vegas I and Bruins. I cannot wait to hear your voice. Yeah, yes. thank you. And, and then I will be hosting in the crease that night, Thursday, Friday, Saturday night. And then what do you got Saturday? Saturday, it's our ABC game, and we love hockey fans so much. We're bringing them the Philadelphia Flyers or Chicago Blackhawks. If you want to talk about trade deadline, these are two teams that um, should be subtracting in a couple weeks. There'll um, be plenty of scouts. Let me tell you, those be- kind of games, <laughs> there'll be plenty of scouts in the stands. Check those message boards. Check those uh, seating charts, Emily, yep. when you're there, and you will know which scouts are in attendance. I love it. I love it. 